What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and KT. And we're back with another episode. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share this episode with a friend for sure. Today we'll be talking about two topics. Uh, KT will be discussing the first one. KT, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so uh, I just want to kind of come on here and highlight something that I've been seeing across our Twitter feed. Um, But definitely uh, the U.S. government during the 1869 throughout to the 1960s, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but they actually removed Native children from their homes and their families to quote-unquote cleanse them from their culture. Um, basically, the U.S. government forced assimilation into white American culture on these innocent Native children. Um, they were placed in boarding schools operated by the U.S. government and by churches. Let's talk about the churches. The, but anyway, it reminded me of missionaries. And, you know, though we don't know how many children were actually removed from their homes, we do know that by 1900... There were 20,000 children, and then by 1925, there were more than triple that number. Wow. So, like I was talking about the missionaries, the church, I kind of want to bring up that. That's important to me because, you know, we oftentimes talk about how these uh, Christian missionaries will go across to different countries, and they say, oh, we're building schools. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're helping these people. We're over here telling them about God and blah, 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 blah. Well, here in the United States, at least, which I'm pretty sure they're doing it in different countries now, the boarding schools were established, again, by Christian missionaries of various denominations, just like they are now. And at that point, they went from literally just being determined by the missionaries to the U.S. government paying these churches in order to operate these schools. So the reason why I kind of wanted to highlight this basically is just to let you guys know and to remind you guys that the U.S. government is absolute garbage. And it ties into the graves that they found in Canada. Yeah, that ties into the graves that they found in Canada. So if you guys didn't know, um, they actually found... uh, unmarked graves, specifically 750 unmarked graves, uh, which were beside a former indigenous school in Canada. So um, Gabby did read a little bit of information on this. Gabby, would you like to uh, kind of tell us a little bit more about what's going on in regards to that? Um, So, yeah, they just said that uh, near uh, one of these residential schools, they found all these unmarked graves. Um, they said it's unclear how many of the remains detected belong to children. Um, there are oral stories that there are adults in the grave site as well. So um, it said it it recently comes a month after 215 children, some as young as three were buried on the site of one of Canada's largest indigenous residential schools near Kamloops. So they're really starting to, uh, it's starting to bring up this conversation that we're having because I remember seeing something about this on Tumblr a couple years back about the residential schools, but I didn't know the extent. 
leaders of the community are also saying that this has contributed to uh, the amount of uh, alcohol substance abuse in the communities because, I mean, their grandparents have been traumatized. You know how trauma works. And it's just interesting when I think about the way that the Native American community is referred to in mainstream society and conservative spaces. They're like, well, the Native Americans, they don't have to pay taxes, so they're living well. And they got their own little reservations and stuff like that. So there's no reason. They're squandering their money if they poor and they all drunks and this, that, and the third. And it's like, if you only knew or you do know, just the racism of it all. Something else that's really crazy, I think, because I was whenever I was researching and I was reading over it, they place like they don't place blame onto the United States government specifically, but they place blame on this one random man who I've literally never heard of. It's some white man named uh, Carlisle. He was like a General Carlisle. And they place all the blame onto that guy and all of the things that uh, he came up with. They were like, it's that guy's fault and that guy is the one who did it. And that just speaks, I feel like, to the individualism that the U.S. government possesses and our culture possesses because it was not just that one guy. There's no way that one guy put over 60,000 children or 60,000 families at this type of thing. Like, this is something that was systematic and continued on until the 70s. And even then, it's possible that it's still happening today. And I just want to let you know, there are still schools that do operate in South Carolina, or I'm sorry, South Dakota, that operated during that time and are now still functioning today. They were they're Catholic schools, and racism is still happening. Uh, St. Joseph's Catholic School in South Dakota, look it up. They were a school that was a re-education school, and now still today they're still facing racism. And I'm just repeating that because that is literally ridiculous it's ridiculous i mean what what's the incentive to change but uh, thankfully uh the indigenous folks was able to organize in the 60s and get majority of them uh stopped and ended but yeah it's it's still stuff going on and and just i like what you said about the individualistic thing because america is individualistic when it's convenient right they weren't individualistic when they was over there uh traumatizing the people it was people it was the government giving incentives to do that yes so i mean this just it's just america but we definitely wanted to uh uplift the indigenous people as they're i mean pretty much being re-traumatized uh from this news and and Having to live live in a society, I can relate, where the government refuses to take any blame and just wants to say, well, we're sorry, and then go on about their business when you have generations of trauma uh, from a, an event. And then I think about, too, like white people have the audacity. I said this to Gabby earlier, like when we were first researching this, white people have the absolute audacity to say that they have indigenous people in their bloodline and and they're native. Like, are you are you fucking shitting me? Are you fucking shitting me? Oh, well, then y'all should be fighting for the cause. Yeah, are you fucking shitting me? Like, are you serious right now? Like, the only reason why y'all have any type of indigenous blood in you is because your great-great-grandmother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother was forced into your freaking white family to assimilate. Literally. 
If even that, these folks don't even have no. Uh, Literally, just lying. It ain't that many Native Americans even in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, for all these folks that claim they get Lord. Native American blood up in there. Anyways, okay, we just wanted to uplift that, uh, uplift those people and stand in solidarity with them. Uh, we will definitely put links uh, to information about the residential schools and the graves. Um, something we also want to talk about is the Olympics because that has been getting a lot of press lately. Uh, you know, Shikari, wasn't it Robinson? I forgot her last name. Anyways, it's been a uproar because, you know, she's disqualified for smoking weed, which is trash or whatever. But, you know, as I was thinking about the Olympics, I started to think about Why? Why do I care about this? Like, personally, why? Mm -hmm. And it just boiled down to, I just like seeing black people achieve and stuff and do stuff well. Which is, which is fine. That's great. Uh, it's good to see a black girl who, who got her nails done, real uh, unapologetic doing her thing. We love it. But a good thing to do is take a step back. The Olympics in general are horrendous, capitalist, uh, destructive forces yep. full of corporate greed, politicians, uh, and everything wrong with uh, the world, <laughs> literally. The the race the runners the the athletes the people that work for the athletes the people that are the assistants of the people that work for the athletes everybody's getting exploited all for the corporate dollar. We've been doing some reading. The Olympics are one of the biggest displacements of people. That we have. Like, it's literally a monster. If, the, if, if we find out tomorrow that in 20, what, four, four years from 2028 that the Olympics is coming to Memphis, when I tell you uh, half of the population in Memphis will be displaced, communities destroyed, right. we're going to have more homeless people, you're going to see an uh, upward transfer of wealth you ain't seen in your life, you ain't, you going to see the most grifters in the world come to the city, you're going to see so much uh, just demonicness, because that's what the Olympics do. These governments, they beg for the Olympics to come to their cities. And there, then we have to figure out, okay, where are we going to put the Olympics? Okay. We know for sure it's not going nowhere near the rich people because we know, if we don't know anything else, rich people have some of the strictest zoning laws. They don't want nothing by their house. They barely want to put a, little, a gas station. Or oh, Kroger. It has to be 20,000 miles to the left of them. They do not want it in their vicinity. They will march. They will go to the meetings. They'll tell their uh, husband to go talk to Billy Bob, the mayor, and get that thing out of their city. It's going to the poor people's areas. And historically, whether it been in Atlanta, whether it been in Los Angeles, whether it been in uh, Brazil, 
anywhere or Tokyo, it uh, targets public housing that very, very poor people live in. They demolish that. They build a stadium, and it's never going to be used again. And with that stadium, with that tourism, with all eyes on that city, that area becomes gentrified to no end, and it's never the same. And anybody who lives there who, or who lived there will be homeless or will be somewhere 40 miles from that area in the next five years. And that's really what I want us to think about with the Olympics because we can all get caught in the glitz and the glamour. Right. You know? The nationalism. Sometimes it's it feels... Not, I remember being a kid and, you know, you see Michael Jordan them there. You see Kobe Bryant and Shaq them there. Mm-hmm. You see Marion Jones and Serena Williams. You're like, oh, yeah, black, black folks and not really America, but black people, oh, yeah, yeah. And you don't know the history of it. You don't know that there's people outside literally crying because they ain't got nowhere to live no more. You don't realize that you're only seeing a certain side of that country that they want you to see, and that behind that wall, there's a community of about 100,000 people who don't even have toilets. And that's all the Olympics is. It's a big marketing scheme. It's a big corporate scheme. And it should be abolished. There's no reason for us to have it. And that's it. Yeah, so uh, when Gabby and I were looking at this, I think it kind of like, like we knew that it was garbage. But then we took a step back and was like, okay, how, how does this relate to like how our current way of living is? And it reminded us of a mic. A macro version of current gentrification in everyone's cities. Um, your city will put up these major highways and then put these, you know, these giant concrete walls across the highways uh, or the entrances to your cities. And you, you sit here and are like, you wonder why. But it's because... Just like they do with the Olympics, they're trying to hide the poverty that the city has essentially forced on its people because it refuses to acknowledge the poverty that it has caused by the capitalization of their of literally their labor. And so, um, yeah, I think I think really it's important that when we are thinking about the Olympics, even though they say it's eight years from now in L.A., um, we are standing behind those people and we're uplifting them and saying like, hey, you know what? We're going to stand behind you and we're going to say we don't want the Olympics anymore. Uh, we don't want the Olympics here. And another thing that's important, I think, that just just makes sense. Why don't they just have the Olympics in one place? Literally, Why hard. haven't yeah. they? Like, that That made no sense to me at first. But then we th- then I thought, I was like, oh, We know why they don't have the Olympics in one place, because of economics. Why else would you move the Olympics someplace different every single four years? Economics. You want to bring more money to that city. You want to bring more tourism to that city. And you want to keep on capitalizing and making your city as as capitalistic as possible. Yeah, think about it, though. They've been saying that less countries actually want the Olympics in there. So this would actually be an ample time to say, okay, well... Y'all don't really want this here. Let's put it in one spot. Right. But you got to think about it. For Nike and for all these corporations, if it's all in one spot, like you said, it's less corporate 
stuff because it's all Literally. in one place. Yes. I can't put a Nike facility in Beijing no more, in Tokyo, in LA, in here, in there. If it's all, if it's just in one spot now. At the end of the day, it always comes down to capital. How can these corporations, how can these governments make more money and more money and more money and more money? That's it. It literally has, and, and uh, we also watched something, this is something else, but it's kind of like, it's interesting in regards to it. They, um, they're going to be pushing this Olympics, I think it's in Tokyo, right? They're going to be pushing it uh, in four years in Tokyo. No, Tokyo's right now. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They're going to be pushing it as a recovery, a recovery Olympics. And to me, like when I look at that from like a, a capitalistic point of view, when you look at something, you're saying, oh, it's a recovery. What are you recovering from? Well, we just had the pandemic, right? So a lot of countries have literally no money. Majority or a lot of their people have died because of coronavirus. So they're recovering their economy. It's not, it's not that they're trying to help people. They're literally just recovering their money that they lost. Now, since the, I mean, especially now we got the Delta variant out there. Yeah. Uh, This is about to be a super spreader event and a a place where the corona can get real cozy with everybody's country and then go with them. So, really, that just makes it even worse because it's like we didn't have to have an Olympic. Would no, well, our lives as, as civilians would not have changed. And the the thing about it is, is all this stuff is marketing. Because what is Olympics? Majority of the time, the only thing we watch the Olympics for is for the track and field, for the basketball. When Serena playing, we watch the tennis stuff. Maybe the volleyball every once in a while. But that's pretty much it. The gymnastics. And it's like... Y'all do not have to destroy cities for this. We could do this in L.A. Not that we want to do it in L.A., but we, y'all could do this anyway. Literally y'all could do this at a, a, a college uh, facility. All that empty land over there in Wisconsin, y'all can go and do that there. But y'all won't for some reason. For some reason. So, yeah, that's, that's all I, I just really wanted to talk about because it. It's ridiculous. And like we said, there's people in L.A. that are organizing against this. We will definitely put links up in there. But, you know, something that I'm thinking about, and maybe it's the pessimism in me, or maybe it's the truthfulness in me, uh, we'll definitely support anybody that's fighting against this. But the only time in America where one of these protests was successful was in Denver, Colorado in the 1970s. When they were trying to do the Winter Olympics. Now, what did they have for them? Okay, nobody cares about the Winter Olympics, first of all. Secondly, Denver, Colorado is 80% white. And the median income is 300 something thousand dollars. So, they had white money saying, no, no, we won't go. And all types of organizations and stuff were running for them. They had Republicans against it. They had Democrats against it. And so, they didn't do it. In Los Angeles... They literally said they like Los Angeles because Los Angeles already has facilities and they're going to just use corporate money for this. So, all I can say is we know displacement is going to happen. That is just a fact of the matter. There's nothing we can do about it. So, if there's any organizations that are working uh, 
to do mutual aid to to provide housing for the people that will eventually be displaced regardless. Those are the types of people that I want to uplift because it's going to happen. We, as people, cannot go against billions of dollars that's already stated that it's going to happen. Not saying it's impossible, but those organizations are the ones that I'm going to uplift the, the most because it's an, it's pretty much an impending doom. <laughs> I agree with that, the impending doom. I think that I'm thinking myself, like, I think that way about gentrification. Like, when when the regular civilian people like us finally realize that, oh, gentrification is about to happen, at that point, it's kind of too late, you know? Yeah. These people have already put money into the infrastructure or have already signed contracts, and they literally have, like, millions and billions of dollars behind them as opposed to us who are just random people. So you're right. The only thing we could truly do to help people is to uh, start the mutual aid or to help fund or help the people who will be displaced find additional housing or find um, places that they're going to be able to live long term. Right. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because I'm thinking, like, okay – if you've been listening to us, we've talked about the Bahia Pipeline. I think we talked about that in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, with that, they, they said they're not going to do it, which is great and awesome. And But one thing I do know is it took celebrity pressure. Yeah. There were celebrities talking out about it. It took corporate pressure. It was all over the news. And this day and the third. Okay, because it was a specifically local thing that was making local people money and it didn't affect nobody globally. With the Olympics and the amount of corporations that's in it, every politician that you would possibly go to to ask for help and to ask to vote against something have already probably been bought and paid for. Especially and every celebrity, if it's eight years from now, and they're already bringing it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, and every celebrity that you might get to say some against it is probably already uh, going to be uh, listed to perform for something yep. for the doggone Olympics. Get, get ready to see John Legend out there. Get ready to see John. John Legend will be out there for some reason. <laughs> I think he's in the mob or something because it just don't make sense that folks don't even listen to this music like that. But he's in um, every political campaign. It never fails. But yes, so that's why I'm saying not to not to uh, down anybody's parade because I'll definitely put those links up there. But just to know the monster that you're fighting mm-hmm. and where to put your energy and time so that by the time we in 2028 and you done fighting and you made a little concessions but people still getting displaced, you will at least have done something. That's correct. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys. Well, that's been Building Our Power. Like we said, check that description for all the links. You can hit us up at Building Our Power, Building Our PWR on all social media channels. Hit KT up at KT Does Art. Hit me up at Gap Beats Music. And uh, we'll see y'all next week.